Jeffrey. Yesterday or the day before, I engaged in a thread on Facebook regarding America and black people. I saw the thread when I jumped on it. A few people had uh, chimed in in full agreement with the original statement. Full agreement, support, complete, you know, yes, America is that way. I chimed in simply saying that this was not the case in my experience at all. All of a sudden, there's like nine people coming through here. The hell? I've done this before. I'm very familiar with social media threads and things of the such. And I'm aware of the different reactions one might get, but what surprised me sort of yesterday was that the timing of my post was right after the charges were brought up against the officers in the Breonna Taylor murder or situation and a lot of people's feelings were tender and sensitive most of the time I'm aware of that and uh, I won't post or I'll just let it go keep my opinion to myself because I understand You know how human beings are when they're emotionally charged or emotionally saddened or sensitive. So I kind of really didn't know the full circumstance of the post. I knew it was probably in regard to something that happened in the news. But regardless, my response to the post still valid. 
But again, timing is everything. And I've done this so much that I will assume some responsibility for the timing of posts. Only because I give the people the benefit of the doubt. I give them more than a break. You know, I'm doing this, I'm good at it. You know, it's like dealing with people who may or may not be as accomplished or experienced as you, you give them a break. So, you know, I just give people a break where I would be well within my right to hold them to the same standard that I would hold myself. And I don't do that. Also what struck me yesterday was that this reaction Also what struck me yesterday was that this reaction See y'all, what's going on today? Happy Thursday, did I say that? Also what struck me was the response says from certain individuals with this emotional heightened sensitivity and awareness. They were almost not, I don't wanna say coherent, they were almost not It was almost like they weren't understanding what I was saying. They completely misinterpreted a bunch of times what I said and took what I said was being an attack. And it clearly wasn't that. Basically I said, the only thing I said was, this was not my experience at all. I didn't say, that anything didn't exist. I wasn't attacking anybody for their opinion, I don't think. What is this? Today is just busy day. Today is just busy day. People just, everywhere I turn, somebody all up. Well, look at this, they actually I'm gonna have to wait for them to walk by. What the hell is going on? I mean, it, it took my words and, and I understand, you know, once I realized the emotional, the emotional factor that was involved, that variable, I understood what they were saying I mean, I understood why they were saying and what they were, why I got that reaction. But it was completely, out of, I don't wanna say out of line or off base or, mis, it completely mistook what I said or what I meant. It even added some things, you know, got, 
The person got defensive. Gave my statement much more to it than what it was. There's no doubt that I am aware that this happens on social media. There's no doubt that I know that this happens. But every now and then I have to be reminded of what I'm dealing with. Because I, I, even during the thread, I said, okay, I'm stepping away. You're right. You know, I'll step away. And in the conversation, you know, it was actually stated that the person was sensitive at that time. And that's where I realized how reactive not only they were at that particular moment, but how reactive everybody, quote unquote, everybody is collectively because of such things. So I'll just recess back into my safe hole, my safe place. I had my outing conversing with the humans. I'm done with it now. I think we'll see. <laughs> I think we'll see. I even mentioned yesterday <clears throat> that I may be growing apathetic to the whole thing. I'm definitely apathetic. How much? I don't know. How much I care or don't care? I don't know. To what degree? I don't know. But it is definitely tough for me to understand how somebody can become so emotionally charged over an event that they may or may not have a direct relationship or, or relation to. Again, I guess it goes with the NBA, with the police, police brutality thing. It could be said that the NBA players come from the inner city, may have direct experience, even fucking trauma from police in their neighborhood and have a certain animosity or a certain perspective or a certain feeling towards law enforcement based on how they were treated growing up. And now that the NBA is like 70%, black with these kids basically kids who may have you know dealt with that stuff on a daily basis and have intimate knowledge of the way it could be 
that I can almost understand them wanting to use their platform as a protest. That I get. Took me a while. Took me a good little while. But I, that one, I, I, that one got me. I, I, I got that. They almost have to. And I, you know, I don't believe in having to do anything. But I can see where, you know, they would get together and say, all right, we got a platform. Same way with football. But I also think that if we was to do it in our jobs, <laughs> but I guess we don't have the leverage they have. So, and then again, that might make them, give them more emphasis or be more incumbent to do something because they have leverage in the system. If they band together, they can actually make a lot of noise. And they have, my God, have they made a lot of noise. You can't turn the damn TV on. TV on anymore. You look at the court and the jerseys everywhere, even commentary, post-game, pre-game, halftime. You know, every corporation, every institution, every media outlet wants to chime in on it. Good, bad, or indifferent. It gets irritating at a certain point. Enough already. We get it. <laughs> we get it, okay? We get it, we understand. Also, I was listening to a podcast. Probably my favorite podcaster, Sam Harris. Head on. One of my favorite podcaster personalities, John McWhorter, who's writing a book regarding that anti-racism is the new religion. And they discuss some things. Needless to say, I strongly align with both of these gentlemen's idea of what's going on. And then to hear McWhorter be able to expound on it extensively with Mr. Harris chiming in, adding fuel to Mr. McWhorter's commentary. It was good, it was really good. The way he articulates a lot of the things that I believe and articulates them in a way that I haven't thought of yet or in, 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 and just better. It articulates them better, more clearly. It even has went farther to develop the same ideas that I have. Take them to the next step. So it was good. If you ever, if you can find that Sam Harris, the, I don't think it's called Waking Up. Is it called Waking Up Podcast or something? I figured with it changed it something podcast sam harris's podcast with john mcorder i think you can listen to the first hour for free and that will give you a good idea of what's going on
Anyhow, that's where I'm at now. I'm apathetic probably, I don't care. I mean, first of all people, don't think I'm trying to fuck with y'all or troll or do this or do that. Simply because I just don't care enough. <laughs> I really just don't care. Every time I post something or say something, it's to, it's to trigger you, but not to anger you. It's to trigger a discussion. And it seems obviously that I do from the emotional reactions that I'm hitting something. I'm hitting the nerve probably that I intend to. I just probably need to hit it a little lighter. <laughs> People need bells. See, look at that, I'm walking by a car. See, I'm walking by a truck. Three of us out here, all three of us up in the same point. How does that happen? No, no bikes out here, but as soon as I walk by that truck, right when I got almost perpendicular to the truck and the guy in the truck, here comes a bike right next to me. Oh, today's one of those days, people. Today is gonna be one of those days, ain't it? Lay low. Mercury's in retrograde, all that shit, whatever they say, I don't know what it means. Lay low, people. Lay low today. Kick back. I'll, I'll know how to do that. Put it in second. And cruise. Let life happen. Sit back and watch. Take it in. Read the signs. Feel the energy. We'll see. Anyway, my name is Jeffrey Mitchell. Coming up on 20 minutes. Swinging on y'all. Two times as usual. What a bump. Here we go. Okay. I probably said <laughs> that I wasn't gonna talk on this no more. But something came to mind. My arch nemesis. Mr. C.M. Talley, I will name him, and you know I usually don't name people by names. My arch nemesis, Mr. C.M. Talley, replied to my comment yesterday, and I paraphrase. Uh, just because one person never had a run-in with the law, went to school, did everything necessary to succeed, and is making a good income in the system, that that doesn't mean that racism or whatever, whatever exists. I should read, I should go back and read the thing, but it's basically said that. He said, just because, you know, I, I'm, here's how I'm interpreting just because I was able to go through the system, quote unquote, do what I was supposed to do. This, this, those are my words. Those are my words. Do what I'm supposed to do, stay within the bounds of the system, stay away from trouble, stay away from the law and never had a run-in, does that mean that racism or prejudice in America does not exist? One thing about the nemesis, every now and then he will articulate and break down what I'm saying in a retort that I can actually use. <laughs> <clears throat> Because I had to like his comment because basically that is what I was saying. Basically, in the few words that I used, that is what I was saying. 
And what provoked me to cut this camera on right now is if what he's saying is true, if I was able to navigate the system, become quote unquote successful. Okay, these are my words, not his. If I'm able to navigate the system, be quote unquote successful, go through it without any brutality or any aggressions or blah, 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 blah. Become a part of the system, functioning part of the system, earn a good income, blah, blah, blah. Being a black man in America, doesn't that mean that racism or system, systemic racism is not a determining, a, a main factor, a major factor in a lot of the plight of black people? Doesn't the success of one or two people invalidate the idea that you can't make it <clears throat> in America if you're black. Let alone, here's, ooh, wait till I get to this other one. Okay, I'm gonna go right there now. What I think is gonna happen, and I think Trump's gonna win. I'll just come out and I'll say it. I think Trump's gonna win in November. And I think it's gonna turn out to be that black people are a silent majority, aren't speaking up right now. They don't identify with the narrative of BLM. They can't get with the they're telling me that the BLM statement, mission statement, starts off with something about LBGT. And if you know something about religious black people, they ain't playing that homosexual stuff at all. They, a lot of these people have not experienced the police brutality. They see a lot of these instances in the news as criminals being dealt with. They're affluent, they're making money, they're in the system. They deal with white people day to day and don't go through a lot of the stuff that, that they hear other black people saying they go through. And because they don't want to go against the grain, they're staying quiet. They're just, you know, quiet or they'll stay to themselves in their own little group and may or may not mention it in private conversation. I think that majority is going to come out. <laughs> Trump's going to win. And in ways, I hope that it comes out, it, it happened that way, because I feel that even though I have mixed feelings about identity politics, I do identify, I do I think there's a group that I can identify, a large part of the population that I can identify, black, fairly affluent, assimilated into the system who just don't identify and can't relate to the ongoing struggle, to the prevailing ongoing struggle of black people being a victim, being at the hands of the white man, not able to rise or survive or even get anything in this world because of a, a systemic white privilege. I think the time has come. And I think just like I spoke out regarding atheism years ago, I'm speaking out on this. I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem being the first person to speak out in, the, in my community or in my crowd. 
about something that I don't understand. I'll start off asking questions. Then if the questions can't get answered, it becomes commentary. So I think that's what's going to happen. If that happened, that would be. And I think, and it's not that I want it to happen, to slap people in the face or to make them, you know, say, ha-ha, I told you. I think it'll help America grow. I think it'll help the situation to realize that the plight of the of the black of the plight of black people in America is not solely and 100% totally the responsibility of white America. White America is not Jesus or the devil. They do wield some power. The system, maybe the system, maybe white supremacy. It may be white supremacy because white people build it. Hell, if black people built it, it would be black supremacy. Whoever built it is going to build the system based on their customs and their ideals and their ideology. That's just going to be that way. And until you can change it with voting, because there is a mechanism to change it, voting and the, and the uh, electoral process, the election process, whatever it's called, democratic process, it can't be changed. But until that's changed, it is probably a white, I wouldn't say supremacist, but I would say a white dominated, white oriented system. Because they built it. They came here, they conquered, they killed everybody, killed the buffalo, killed the wolves, killed everything, killed everybody. Except for us. They kept us as property. And for whatever reason, good, bad, or ugly, God allowed them to do it. And not only that, they did it in the name of God. God allowed them to do it, and they did it in the name of God. They came, they conquered. It's built, it's done. You can't go back now. It's in place. It spread the world, all over the world. European, white European, conquered the world basically and put this system in place, which is probably, it's definitely the best system we got right now. But it probably needs some fine tuning. And the fine tuning it needs is voting in America. Power is shifting. It's, it's shifting anyway. It's going to shift. These damn millennials. Oof. Not only are they irritating, they might just do something. They might just figure it out. Like my niece is 18. Even though she only 18 and you don't even think like an 18-year-older, you can see glimpses of possibilities of the future once her experiences are broadened and once she gets a deeper idea and understanding of how things work and what's going on and it's not just textbook sometimes you got to break the rules sometimes you're expected to break the rules and you got to know when to do that but the way i see her going about things studying things researching things aware of things 
everything's i'm like okay all this little stuff she's mentioning that she notices and realizes is being put in place and then so that's what the <laughs> that's what the i'm thinking she'll make the decision that's like uh, she'll vote you know all these things are getting put in place and i'm not i would never tell her you gotta think this way i mean i do sometimes just messing around so like, that's wrong you know blah 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 but i know she'll make up her own mind and you know she won't feel no pressure from me because i don't do it that seriously but um yeah they they, they have information they're going at it a little, they're a little, a lot more aware than we were. My God, they're like super aware, almost too aware, almost too empathetic. You know, and they talk too fast. <laughs> they just, they just talk so fast and the energy. So it's going to be fun to see what they do with the world. It's going to be fun. But back to the point, look at that dead squirrel. Back to the point of... me not invalidating systemic racism racism maybe putting a dent in the armor of the idea that system, systemic racism is widespread and holding black people back because aren't i an example that you can make it and be happy and go through life without this plight that every black person seems to have. They have, we have a, at work, this thing and, you know, you hear black people talk about, oh, I'm scared to get stopped by the police. I'm scared that this is gonna happen to me. I'm scared this is gonna happen to my kids. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not at all. And you see these people, these educated people, smart, you know, from all over the world. I'm talking about TV everywhere. Oh, I'm scared. Please, I don't want to end up like so-and-so. Oh, please. Oh, not me. And I think it's a lot of us out here who are not me. I ain't scared of the police. Hey, officer. How you doing today? Huh? The humidity. Are you crazy? What is that? What is that, officer? <laughs> and not so much like that, but... You know, it's better than, the fuck you want? What you want, huh, huh? Why you, why you stopping me, huh? Why you looking at me, huh? And I'm overdoing it. I'm going to both extremes. So to get you, give you an idea of what I'm talking about. But now I was back to Tally's comment. If I am able to navigate the system, so-called white supremacist, system am i lucky am i fortunate is it that and if i am lucky even if i am lucky or fortunate it's not an absolute thing it can be done of course it's going to be hard it's hard for everybody it's hard for white people it's hard for immigrants and there's data and statistic out there that black nigerians come here and they do well. I think the statistics say that black Nigerians come here and they're doing better than white people of the same group or class or whatever. 
And I do believe it's class. It's class and culture. Not just, it's not skin color anymore. Forget the skin color thing. Because if you got, I think if you got a white person who grew up in a black culture with the same black culture, philosophy and characteristics and carry their same way as that stereotypical black culture, they will be discriminated against too. So it's not black. That part definitely needs to change. It's definitely class and culture. And with culture, may or may not come attitude. And within that culture, there are different segments. There are segments who, there are segments who are classic examples of that stereotypical ghetto mentality. And there are examples like the Jeffersons who came up still a little bit hood in them but came up and then you got the Cosby's like the Huxtables that the Huxtables that era those people I think there's a lot of them out there and they don't identify with the prevailing narrative of what the perceived plight of black people in America is. I think I said that. Peace.